NASA is certainly facing an aging workforce that has been rapidly retiring or nearing retirement. And it's really encouraging to see the impact that this program specifically has had in developing the next generation of engineers. BCI actually started out as a subset of the Center Innovation Fund, but the goals of each are the same, which is basically, you know, provide the NASA workforce an opportunity to really, you know, stretch the limits and, and kind of jump outside our usual day-to-day -day programs to kind of look at new ways of doing things and think about new approaches that could really push the technology envelope to enable those future agency capabilities. Welcome to Small Steps, Giant Leaps, a NASA Apple Knowledge Services podcast where we tap into project experiences to share best practices, lessons learned, and novel ideas. I'm Dina Nunley. The Center Innovation Fund and the Early Career Initiative are part of early stage innovation and partnerships in NASA's space technology portfolio. Our conversation today is with NASA Innovative Advanced Concepts, Center Innovation Fund, and Early Career Initiative Program Executive Michael LaPointe and Deputy Program Executive John Nelson. Thank you both for joining us on the podcast. Oh, thanks, Deanna. It's great to be with you this morning. It's great to be here, Deanna. Thank you. Sure. Let's start with an overview of the Center Innovation Fund. Mike? Uh, thanks. So the Center Innovation Fund, or SIF, uh, for shorthand, was started back in about 2011 uh, to provide funding to the centers, uh, including JPL, uh, to conduct innovative research that could help the centers kind of grow their capabilities and their workforce skills and address some of the key technology gaps that are being faced by NASA. So uh, each year we fund about 120 to 130 projects through the Center Innovation Fund across all the centers. Uh, small dollar amounts are at about a half FTE and about 50 to 100K in procurements per project. Um, it is a competitively funded program, so each year we put a call out to the centers in the March timeframe. And then the center chief technologists at each of the centers conduct an internal center solicitation and review process. And then they propose back to us the projects that the centers would most like to see funded. And then following a series of reviews, we present the, uh, the results to the program director for the Early Stage Innovations and Partnerships Program, which is uh, Jenga Static. And once she gives final approval, the centers are good to go on October 1 with their projects. John, would you give us a summary of the Early Career Initiative? Sure. Uh, the Early Career Initiative was started uh, around 2015. I think we did a pilot. Uh, the purpose is to engage uh, future NASA leaders in management and development of, of two-year projects. So these are significant technology development projects uh, that are about $2.5 million for two years, about $1.25 per year. And for most of these folks, this will be their first opportunity to really direct a major technology development activity. Uh, so the focus on, on ECI is not only the development of the technology, which is, of course, an important piece, but it's the development of the future NASA workforce. And uh, similar to, to CIF, it's open to the NASA centers. Uh, it is not open to JPL because the point is to develop uh, NASA civil servant uh, early career folks. Uh, so JPL is excluded from, from eligibility, uh, but the other nine centers do propose, and we put out a solicitation uh, once a year. We typically fund about five to six projects, uh, depending on, on budget uh, availability. Uh, and again, these are two-year projects at about $2.5 million. Could you explain the connection between CIF and ECI? Uh, sure. Maybe I'll start and let John hop in here, too. So uh, both of those are managed along with the, the NASA Advanced Concepts Program uh, through our joint program office that is within the Early Stage Innovations and Partnerships Program in STMD. 
which is appropriate since you know each of those programs really is looking to advance new technologies uh, for the agency. So BCI actually started out as a subset of the Center Innovation Fund uh, as an initiative to specifically provide those, as John mentioned, the early career researchers with the opportunity to manage a, a NASA technology development program. But the goals of each are the same, which is basically, you know, provide the NASA workforce an opportunity to really, you know, stretch the limits and, and kind of jump outside our usual day-to-day programs to kind of look at new ways of doing things and think about new approaches that could really push the technology envelope to enable those future agency capabilities. John? No, I think that sums it up well. Um, the only thing I'll add is that uh, after that initial pilot in 2015, uh, ECI was so successful that since 2018, uh, we've had an annual call and again, it's all managed within the SIF program. What distinctions are noticeable between the two initiatives, and how do they differ from other NASA programs? That's a good question. So maybe I'll, I'll take a quick cut and, and get John to fill in the details here, too. So I think the, the main distinctions are really the kind of the scope and the cost of the technology projects being developed and also the workforce we're trying to reach. So like John noted, the Early Career Initiative is focused on the NASA Early Career Civil Servants, kind of give them that opportunity to propose and manage, you know, fairly substantial technology programs early in their career, you know, give them that experience of, you know, dealing with their diverse team members or the external commercial and academic partners, you know, dealing with development setbacks and delayed procurements, basically all the fun things that go along with managing a full-blown NASA program. Uh, and CIF is more focused on the shorter duration, kind of one-year lower cost activities that really look across a number of different research areas and, and across all the centers to really identify those new ideas and approaches that our external partners can grow into our future capabilities. Yeah, the, the only thing I'll add to that is that um, they're very complementary to each other. And, and together, uh, they form a, a program that, that is somewhat unique within STMD's portfolio in that it really focuses on early stage innovation within NASA centers. So it, it really, like, like Mike referenced, it gives people an opportunity to go beyond their day jobs, if you will, and really be innovative and introduce new thoughts, new concepts, new technology projects that hadn't been pursued otherwise. What are some of the projects and technologies generated through the Center Innovation Fund? Uh, there have been several, um, pretty much across all the different NASA taxonomy areas. Um, we recently looked at the numbers for a program review, and I think uh, since about 2011, uh, CIF has helped develop, I uh, find the numbers are about a thousand early stage concepts uh, that have resulted in over 400 peer reviewed and conference publications, something like 300 NASA new technology reports, over 90 patents and patent pending applications, a dozen commercial licenses, at least two commercial spin off companies. So, for a new stage program, it's really had a pretty good return on investment in terms of like knowledge capture and advancing capabilities. Um, and in terms of specific projects, you know, each center has dozens of success stories that they could point to. And I should uh, probably also point out that since these are early stage projects, you know, success often comes years later, you know, as that original idea makes its way through various other projects and programs before it gets incorporated into a new technology or device. So, you know, we don't expect to see a SIF project funded this year suddenly transition into a project or a program. It can take several years and several paths uh, through things like SBIR or even through ECI or NIAC. Uh, before they become a, an actual project or technology. And some of them uh, are developed and we realize that there, there are some flaws with them and they don't go any further, but that in itself is a good knowledge capture. So um, in terms of examples for projects, um, one of the projects we had that we uh, talked about uh, quite a bit in the past was uh, at Armstrong Flight Research Center back in 2014. Uh, they had a SIF to look at uh, the types of systems that would be required for an all-electric aircraft which eventually led to the AirVolt test stand out there. And from there was picked up by a small business and they further developed that technology that eventually became the NASA X-57 aircraft, 
which was uh, started under a SIF. Um, back in 2018, uh, the Marshall Space Flight Center developed a process for automating the assembly of thin film solar panels uh, with added manufacturing. And they received a patent just recently in 2021, and that has now been picked up by a CLIPS provider, a commercial lunar payload services provider, to uh, mature the approach and use it for their lunar missions. Um, just running through a list here, JPL had a, a recent SIF project that developed a superconducting readout circuit for single photon detectors for astrophysics missions. And that led to a collaboration with MIT and the National Institute of Science and Technology for a $5 million DARPA funded collaboration. Uh, to develop large focal plane detector arrays. And we can go on and on, uh, and I, I probably should give John a chance to, to chat as well. But uh, as I mentioned, each center really can point to dozens of similar success stories over the years that we've done SIF, where these initial ideas get picked up and developed, both within and external to NASA. And uh, I will point out that, uh, just for, for reference, the SIF project information, as well as ECI and NIAC, uh, is all uploaded to the uh, publicly available NASA TechPort site. Um, as well as the internal NASA SPAR database uh, for folks that would like to do that, both of which are searchable by program and by keyword. So with that, I'll turn it over to John. Thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, those are excellent examples. In fact, those are some of the same examples I was thinking of. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll, po I'll point out um, that two of the examples you gave uh, are examples of a fairly near-term transition and success. I mean, 2018 and 2019 projects that are already licensed uh, or, or receiving additional significant funding for further development. Um, so even though this is early stage stuff, uh, we also do have some pretty immediate impacts, which is exciting to see. Yep, good point. Let's talk a little more about the Early Career Initiative. How do people get involved? So uh, as I think I mentioned earlier, we have an annual solicitation. Uh, so once a year, we release a call to the centers. Uh, and anyone at a center within the first 10 years of their career is encouraged uh, to apply. Uh, and the first step is to, to reach out to the folks at your center, specifically your center chief technologist, the office of the center chief technologist. Each center has one. Um, and they have an internal process where they will review the, the ECI proposals from that center and then down select to uh, a number of proposals that are then submitted um, to headquarters. Uh, and then we review from across the, the centers. And once the solicitation is out, we also have opportunities to engage uh, directly with prospective uh, proposers. Uh, so we have uh, Teams calls where we encourage people to call in and ask questions, where we orient them to the program and, and help give uh, general advice and feedback on, on how to propose. So we, we try to make it as easy as possible, um, but we, we definitely encourage people to get involved. How does ECI benefit NASA? So I, I think it's two obvious fronts. Um, the technology development itself is, is very important, and it's really significant work. Um, the, the early career work that we're seeing does tend to be very innovative, and, and we definitely see significant impact. Um, but perhaps the, the more important benefit is the people development. Um, we, we require that the teams are primarily made up of early career investigators. So it's not just uh, the PI. Uh, often there's a, a 
project manager, a PM alongside the PI, that's early career. Uh, most of the lead positions are early career, typically. Um, we do have mentors uh, from within centers, and we do require that they have an external partner, typically in industry, but it doesn't have to be. So there are other folks involved to help mentor and guide the project that aren't early career. But for the most part, these are teams of people all within the first 10 years of their career. And we really are developing the next generation of NASA leaders. We like to say that, and we really mean it. It's, it's really a core part of the program. Um, you know, NASA is certainly facing an aging workforce that has been rapidly retiring or nearing retirement. And it's really encouraging to see the impact that this program specifically has had in developing the next generation of engineers. We've already seen uh, a lot of our folks go on to uh, higher positions within their, their centers and really further their careers with the help of, of ECI. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a perfect answer, John. And, uh, and I think I totally agree that uh, the main benefit is in advancing our early career workforce. Um, you know, the technologies are, are clearly important as well, as John mentioned. You know, we do have the ECI PIs reach out to the uh, STMD principal technologists and the system capability leads just to make sure that the technologies they're proposing is a benefit and addresses a gap that NASA currently has. But, uh, but I agree with John that uh, advancing our early career workforce really is the key goal of ECI. What are some of the project highlights of ECI? Um, well, similar to SIF, uh, ECI has really done a terrific job of knowledge generation and capture. Um, I think we currently have over like 100 papers and publications, um, more than two dozen NASA new technology reports that have come out of the technologies, uh, three patents with another five that are pending. Uh, we've had suborbital flight demonstrations, uh, three long-duration material exposure flights on the ISS MISI payloads, and additional flights coming up. So, as John mentioned, ECI started with a pilot back in 2015 and became a full initiative back in 2018. And uh, with our recent uh, awards that are set to begin in 2024, we funded a total of, I believe, 34 projects across the center so far. So. Um, some of the recent ones, and John, I'll have you jump in here too, because my memory is not all that great. Uh, some of the some of the more recently completed one uh, is Jarvis out at uh, Johnson Space Center, which was a joint augmented uh, reality visual informatics system, um, and that was basically to develop a heads-up display within a suit helmet visor to assist the astronaut on their EVAs, and they actually received an additional two million dollar investment after ECI. Uh, from what was then the HUMD Advanced Exploration Systems Group to further develop the system and integrate it into the XEMU uh, extravehicular suit. Um, and I should note that the PI for that also received a NASA Early Career Achievement Medal, so very successful project. Uh, we have them currently uh, finishing up called Romex, which is a rotor optimization for the advancement of Mars exploration. Uh, that's at NASA Ames, and they're developing the next generation of rotors for future Mars helicopters. As we all know, Ingenuity has been a terrific success on Mars, uh, but it's very limited in capability and flight duration. So they're looking at how to advance the rotor systems on uh, vehicles like Ingenuity that could make it travel kilometers instead of just a few hundred meters uh, and carry subnational payloads as well. And so they've recently actually been asked to support the Mars Sample Return Helicopter Program to advance the capabilities for that system. Um, so that's been a very successful project for us. Uh, Lunar Thermos, which is out at NASA Marshall, is a thermal regulation for mission sustainability for advancing uh, heat pipe capabilities to help the lunar system survive the two-week-long lunar night. And their technology will actually be flying as a demonstration on an upcoming Eclipse lander to keep the electronics alive. And as well, uh, they'll be flying on the NASA Viper Lunar Rover mission uh, in the not-too-distant future. 
So, you know, just like the SIF, ECI project can point to a lot of successes that are not just, you know, spin-off technologies or project infusions, but, you know, as John mentioned uh, before, also in the education gained by the early career workforce and how they manage projects, uh, teams, external partners, and so forth as they, uh, as they grow into our next uh, set of future agency leaders. So, John? No, Mike, I have nothing to add. That, that's a fantastic uh, list of examples. Uh, and again, uh, Dini, you can see that, um, you know, these things are having immediate impact, you know, whether they're being incorporated into missions or being further developed. Uh, so the technologies themselves are, are having great impact, which is great to see. So that really gives us a good view of what's currently happening with ECI and CIV. Thanks, Tina. Yeah, they're exciting projects and programs. I mean, it's just a really fun, fun group of things to manage. What's next with ECI and CIV? So both CIF and ECI, uh, as you know, completed the selections for 24 and have started their uh, projects on October 1. Um, at the end of September, uh, we uh, gathered all the PIs up at headquarters and had a closeout and continuation review uh, for our projects. Um, and those, again, have started on October 1st uh, for the, the continuations. And our new projects have started on October 1 as well. Uh, one big change coming up for potential proposers uh, that uh, we can talk about in a little more detail is that we're going to be moving the FY25 ECI solicitations up to November this year. Uh, typically, those have been released in March with proposals due in July and selections in August. Uh, and unfortunately, that didn't leave a lot of time for the selected teams to really prepare for an October 1 start date or to negotiate contracts with their partners. So. We worked the budgets to allow us to kind of release the solicitation earlier, uh, much earlier in November now, uh, with the proposals due in March and selections in April. And that should provide enough time for the teams to get their training and initiate procurements. Uh, we'll provide a small amount of upfront funding for those. Uh, and then also allow the branch chiefs additional time to kind of backfill the team members that will be moving on to the two-year ECI projects. So um, as I mentioned, one of the biggest challenges our ECI PIs faced was the time it took to get their partners on, under contract. Because uh, basically we would uh, award them uh, the funding in October and say, good luck, get going. And it'd take them six months to get their partners under contract. And that was that was pretty untenable. So this should allow the teams to really hit the ground running on, on or about October 1 anyway. And then programmatically, uh, we're in the process of setting up a level two program office at NASA Langley to uh, give us a program manager and a resource analyst to assist with the daily execution of the programs. And uh, John has been leading that activity for us. Um, that really better aligns with the STMD governance structure and with the other headquarter programs. And following an open competition, the host of the office, Langley, received the nod. So we're currently working with them to set this up uh, for a later FY24 start. So, John? Yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, not only are we looking forward to starting that L2 office uh, just to, to help with execution uh, and help things move a little more smoothly, um, we're also hoping that it opens up opportunities for improvement and really incorporating lessons learned. Like, for example, the, the changes that, that Mike had referenced for this year for ECI that, that we've made in response to uh, feedback from, from former investigators. Uh, we're really hoping that setting up the cell two will help us to, uh, to really make these programs even stronger than they already are. Mike and John, this has really been interesting. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us about it today. Oh, we appreciate the time, Dina. Thank you. Thank you for your interest. And thank you for the opportunity to let us talk about these programs. Uh, as you can tell, we're really passionate about them. We, uh, we think they're very significant and worthy investments, and we're just glad to talk about them. 
You'll find Mike and John's bios on our website at apple.nasa.gov slash podcast, along with links to information about how to apply to SIF and ECI and other topics discussed during our conversation, as well as a show transcript. If you like the podcast, please follow us on your favorite podcast app and share the episode with your friends and colleagues. As always, thanks for listening to Small Steps, Giant Leaps. 